friends, welcome back to the podcast. I am Jody Grimm and I am the girl who says what everyone is thinking, unapologetically myself as often as possible. I am here to laugh with you and have real conversations about all that life throws at us. I want to encourage you to own who you are, but not settle for it, to keep growing in your tenacity and your strength of character. The goal of this podcast is still the same three seasons in, that you will laugh, cry, and be challenged, but mostly that you will realize you are not alone in your struggles or your dreams. Thanks for tuning in. Danielle Jarvis, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Do you feel famous? Do you feel like a famous I kind of. Like, I literally listen to a bajillion podcasts, but I've never been on one. So now I'm like, <laughs> It's such a funny thing because I'm like, well, you'd have to, you'd, if I was famous, that would be different, but I'm not. But I'm so glad that you're here tonight to talk to us. Um, Danielle started a homestead. Is that what you call it? Mm-hmm. Or do you just say like a farm? Yeah, I say homestead because I don't like big time farm, I guess. But I mean, it depends who you're talking to. Homesteads just sound like what the people did that came like three generations before us. They like got free mm-hmm. land in Canada or cheap mm-hmm. land or something. Mm-hmm. Started like the settlers. Yeah, the settlers nearly died every winter. It makes me think of, <laughs> did you ever play Oregon Trail as a kid? Oregon Trail, but we called it Oregon Trail. No, I didn't. What? How old are you? I'm 34. Oh, that's why. So I'm 40. So six years ahead of you, we played this game and it would be like so dire. It was like winter has oh. come. You, you can take your family and you can chuck wagon across the river. And then it's like little Jimmy died and you lost your leg. And you were like, it was so bad, but it was super, super funny. And so that's what I think of when I think about homesteading, but you're going to tell us all about it tonight. Yeah. I don't have a wagon or a buggy. And so (laughs) we're okay. And you have your children. Everybody's intact. It's midwinter. You're still surviving. Yeah, we read Little House on the Prairie, like the book series, Laura Ingalls, and there's a book, The Long Winter, and I'm like, sometimes I feel like I may be partially <laughs> when it's minus 40, and you're like, are we going to make it? <laughs> it's The Long Winter, but what I will say yes. is I hope people tuning in and listening will take your story and apply it to whatever in their life feels hard Or Mm -hmm. I always think, like, I always say, don't trust an easy button. All the best things are worth working for. And you've worked really hard for what you've created. And I will say my best friend, Amanda, has known you for how many years? Like 12-ish years, I think. Yeah. So like a real, I've only known Amanda for like, what year is it? 2023 for like 23 years. So yeah, like you've known her for a really long time as well. And when she told me that I should have you on the podcast, she's like, you don't, you won't believe it. Like Danielle (laughs) grew up in the city, was like the most city girl you'll ever meet, like nails, hair, clothes, makeup, everything. And she's like, Mm -hmm. she just started a homestead. So (laughs) with that introduction, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and this just crazy journey you're on? Yeah, sure. That's funny. She's not the first one that has said that. I posted a picture yesterday of Cody and I on Instagram and this lady was like, yeah, well, I'm pretty surprised <laughs> of the life that you lead, but it's funny. So I think that makes it cooler, <laughs> right? Because it's like, yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's really funny. They're like, what? I'm like, well, let me tell you. So Cody and I have been married for almost 11 years. And we've been together for 17 years, which is forever. <laughs> and we have four, yeah, four kids. And 
they are about to have birthdays. So they'll be four, six, eight, and 10. And when we moved out here, I thought that there would never be an ideal time because is there ever an ideal time in your life? Not for, not for any. So, so literally tell nothing. How far away did you move? So like so, I have listeners all over the globe. So tell people you are in the prairie on the prairies in Alberta, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So from our city, like our home hub, an hour and a half ish, depending where in the city you are. Okay. Um, yeah. So like we're pretty boonies, like our nearest decent grocery store is at least 45 minutes away. So like, okay. curious. so there, there's no skip the dishes here. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so we have kids and um, when we had our first baby about 10 years ago, someone introduced us to the concept of raw milk and kombucha and all these foreign things I had no idea about. And that truly just like opened up a rabbit hole for us to go down and learning about like, oh, there's like permaculture and farming and organic food and just basically everything opposite of what I knew to be life (laughs) and true. What was your child, like childhood wise or like what the kind of home you grew up in was like commercialized, whatever, or. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like like shake and bake was a normal meal for us. Not that that's bad. This is just what I knew. And um, yeah, we like Cody and I both grew up born and raised in the city. So like this, this is what we knew. And we did not know life to be different. And we enjoyed the city life for all it was worth. Like (laughs) we enjoyed going to nice restaurants and movies and not anything is wrong with that. We loved it. Um, But that's all I knew. And so this was a huge change, like ginormous. (laughs) I think that's what makes it most shocking. It's not like I kind of lived in a rural community, right. like outside of a big city. Like, so I think that that was the, the big thing we had to adjust, which is totally well, fine. And we are. And basically it's like, I think the coolest part is a lot of times people have something that is a stretch. This was not a stretch. This was like, you don't know a thing. You aren't literally. You don't have farming parents. You don't have any background, which I love how much that makes you guys more audacious. And, and I, and I love that. I always think we should be sitting, we should be on the edge of our seat in our life. Right. Like, and, and so that's what makes it extra special is that it's, it was so, you didn't literally know anything about it, but you just like, I love that kombucha and raw milk was like the gateway drug. (laughs) So we were like, what? And then. So going like do research and raw milk is illegal across the board in Canada. Like if you deal it, you can go to jail worse than a cocaine dealer. So like this is this is heavy duty stuff. <laughs> so we were like, how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna raise organic food if that's what we value? Yeah. How are we gonna raise like a family on it? Cause it's expensive. And we're like, well, I guess we'll get a farm. Like, I don't know when, but one day we will. We'll get that cow and we'll get our own milk. <laughs> Which of you said it? Which of you was like, let's get, like, I can't even imagine being like, let's buy a hockey arena. Like, it sounds that absurd. Like, let's totally get a part. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know who it was. I think we were just both like, this is what we want and it's hard to get. So let's just do it ourselves. Let's just get a cow. Just- <laughs> <laughs> how we are. 
<laughs> Doesn't everyone want a cow? I think I do want cow. a cow. I do. And that, that's so funny. I've always wanted my sister to get one because okay. she lived in Millet. So just outside of like Edmonton, Leduc area. And she mm-hmm. had chickens and they had pigeons and they had all sorts of stuff. And I was wow. like, please get a cow. So I can have, I've literally never had raw milk in my whole life. Mm. I've made my own kombucha. I've done yeah. a whole that made my own kefir kefir yes yeah. I know kefir or kefir I say both because I don't ever know <laughs> so I've made that I've done a bunch of that stuff but I've never ever tasted raw milk is it delicious yeah it is it kind of is life-changing at first we didn't really know you had to skim the cream off the top like you don't have to like you're drinking like 52 percent at the top so you do feel <laughs> if you don't skim oh my the top gosh. off you could feel a little sick but Whipped cream is 35. So 52 is like straight. Yes. Oh. It is. It is like <laughs> thicker than thick. It's so we're like, okay, we'll scream. We'll skim the cream. We'll be fine. <laughs> it is lovely. <laughs> we that love it. So cool. yeah. That's so cool. So you just decided to go for it. And what year was that? So that was in 2013 where we were like, okay, this is what we got to do. But we knew that we weren't ready to do that yet because Cody was I'm switching from an oil field job going to get his electrical tickets so that he could be around more because he worked all the time right. and worked far away and we we're like we want to have a family and this is not this is not ideal for us right now so we're like okay finish your electrical ticket and then we'll move because like he's going to school and we're not gonna like bust from the boonies so um he finished school. So he was in his last stint of school in, um, in March of 2020 and the world was going wild. So <laughs> we were like, let's list the house. He had just finished school, written his exam. And we're like, let's list the house and see what happens because you're done school now. So we can move. And so we listed the house in May and it sold in a couple weeks. And we're like, okay, I guess, <laughs> I guess we're going. <laughs> had you already so, bought the land or was that like, no, no. So we were literally on a drive to Kelowna because we're like, let's go away for a week. The house is listed. It's kind of annoying to be around for showings all the time, like to keep it clean. And we're on the way to Kelowna and my realtor who was my friend texts me and she's like, you have an offer on your house. I think it'll go through. And it goes through. <laughs> like, Awesome. Now we're homeless and we're in Kelowna. Trying yeah. to enjoy, enjoy life, but look at houses. But we're like, you know what, if we we're supposed to move, like we firmly believe that if our house was to sell, that the Lord would have the place for us. And so we're like, okay, we'll enjoy this time here. Come home. So we got home and we looked at some houses and drove around and we drove to this house and the pictures for the ad were brutal. Like that's why we didn't come see it. Cause it was like a random corner in the kitchen, a messy, like weird bedroom and like a zoom in of the address sign. And we were like, <laughs> like that's, that's always not bad, right? Place. Like it's basically <laughs> sight unseen when it's like that. You're like, this is like, mm. It's like handyman special. So we, um, we drove here and we pulled into the driveway and this little French lady comes out and she's like, I'm not supposed to show it to you without the realtor, but just come on in. So she shows us around and Cody looked at me and we have this thing when we buy things or do things, he like gives me this look and we both know it's a go. And we didn't even go in the house. And I'm like, yep, we just like had this piece. We knew it was for us. So like, okay. So we text our realtor. We're like, we're going to put an offer on a house. She's like, I didn't even take you to any houses. I was like, but we found the one. <laughs> this is how we do things so everyone's like wow you guys are nuts but it just felt right and we're like (laughs) you know when things are right they're just right and you just do it and so we moved so in August we moved we left the city packed everything it is a lot of work packing six people I will say (laughs) it is so much work but yeah and we moved and here we are (laughs) 
<laughs> so that was August of 2020. Mm-hmm, that's right. So this is like our third year here, kind of like year three right now. So yeah. <laughs> what what was like the first year like even? Um, I think part of it was because the world was a little bit crazy at the time. We was, I think we felt pressure to just do everything and anything we possibly could because we were literally going to the grocery store and seeing empty shelves often. And I was like, Cody, like, I cannot look at my kids in the face and live out here not knowing that I didn't try to like do my best to put food on the table. So we're like, let's dive. So literally we moved here on a Monday and on Tuesday we had chickens arriving. Like it was, (laughs) Cody's on his way back here. Get the coop ready. I'm like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) But this is how we do things so we're like well whatever we'll figure it out like worst things have happened so yeah and it just was a head first dive so year one we did um laying hens for eggs and then we did um meat birds so chickens and that was so we moved here in august so we were butchering by halloween our first chickens and we learned how to butcher via youtube <laughs> oh my gosh is this like the two of you or do you like invite family members out to cut heads off like what do you do like my dad is a loyal loyal um volunteer out here <laughs> so he'll come and do things with us but yeah Cody and I our older kids like the kids do what they can at the time because like our oldest was five so or seven yes so like she's not going to do that much now she's like full throttle she does has her own table when we butcher she's like I got this mom. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that I love mm-hmm. that so that was year one laying hens chickens mm-hmm. what about year two and then, so that was kind of in the fall when we moved here. So then that next spring, we're like, let's let's see what we can do here. So we got pigs, we got a beef cow, we got a milking cow, and turkeys, chickens, ducks, sheep, like old McDonald farm. Is <laughs> yeah, oh, I just love that. Like everyone's like, wow, it's like a real farm. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> real animals and a variety and like my experience with animals is like petting zoo at like Canada Day fireworks so like (laughs) this is foreign territory (laughs) to me (laughs) like but so so then you have do you have land like how much land do you have yeah so this is the thing people think you need five million acres to like sustain your family we like our home sits on a parcel of six acres and we homestead six acres, but we don't use every inch. So like you can homestead, I would easily say on five acres or less if you use your space wisely, right? Yeah. So yeah, don't think you need to go buy a million acres. <laughs> and do you like, do you grow grain and stuff to make flour or? No. So I still buy grain though. That would be cool. Um, but we grow, like we have a big garden. And we grow all of our meat and then we, our milk cow, she died. But before she died, we were, had all of our milk and stuff. So we were growing, I would say like easily 85% of our food, which is a cool feeling going from growing kale in my city yard, to <laughs> meat in my freezer. <laughs> that is crazy. So three years later, you're obviously thrilled that you've done it. hundred mm-hmm, percent. And like how have people treated you along the way? Like, has this been like, cause obviously, like we've said, this is super out of character, but like, has, have you made, like, did you go make new homesteading friends or are your friends who are like Amanda, like so weirded out? Like, what's it like? Like, how has that changed? Yeah. yeah. I think people were like surprised, but 
but I think it's in character for us to do things that we love. Um, Cody and I have this thing where we're like, we don't want to be 85 and laying in our bed and being like, thinking that our life is a collection of what ifs, like, what would life been if we did this or if we did this or if we didn't do this? And so I was like, let's just do it. Like, worst case scenario, we try it for a few years, we hate it, we sell it, we move back to the city. That's like, what is the worst thing that could happen? So with that being said, we just did it. And so like my dad came, he drove out one day and he was like, you know what? I was on your range road. And I was just thinking to myself of the girl who wears $500 jeans and drives a nice car. And I thought like, this is you like this, like, it's like, you just like stepped into your like destiny, <laughs> but I could cry. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, I guess like, I just never, I never thought this to be my life, but I also am not opposed to like dreaming and changing things. Like we're not a tree. We can move, right? (laughs) We can um, chase our dreams. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been funny then, but then people come out like my grandparents or whoever, and they're like, wow, Danielle, like we get it. We get why you moved here. Like the kids are just free to play. And like, we experienced so much light, like so much life out here that we would have otherwise not experienced. And um, our kids, too they just like they're like we're learning things together they're seeing mom and dad fail at new things like we don't know everything so we're like okay let's watch a youtube video let's learn how to do this and let's try it and so we fail together and we learn together and i think it's like solidified our family unit because we've done like really hard things together <laughs> but yeah <laughs> i think that's so a wild ride i think the best comp the biggest compliment is when someone says yeah i get it Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the biggest validation, you know, when you get from someone who's like, I've seen you, like Amanda says that when she comes to the island now, because people were like, I don't get it. Like go there when you retire. And I'm like, no, I want to raise my kids outside. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I want to raise them in the ocean all the time. I don't want to like, this is just what I want. And, and I knew it made a lot of sense. There's, there are parts that I miss, but it's just, it, I think too, like we are, it's not a comparison. It's like a totally like it feels like that similarly for me, even moving from Alberta to the Island, because it's like, it's so different that I can't even compare them side by side. It's like, I chose Mm -hmm. like a totally different life. Mm -hmm. Right. And I have had, I will say, I don't want to make this political, even though you and I have all the same feelings. I do know that, but (laughs) I won't make this political, which for people who know me, then they know. Um, But I think, (laughs) I think that as the world becomes more uncertain and anxiety that I've had late at night when I, you know, like need to get up and pray. And my mind is like going crazy is about the fact that our generation doesn't know how to do anything for themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And I do, I I do have a lot of, um, yeah, like not a lot. I don't live in fear, but there have been times in the last three years when our Canadian government just like blows my ever love in mind and with the things that they're doing in secret and, um, even the things they do in public, but a lot of the things they're doing secretly. Um, and I'm really, I'm really challenged in my mind to think of like, how would I do this? If I didn't have like, for instance, we go without electricity. Um, I want to say semi-regularly. And I okay. do fear that they're going to push us all to electric cars and then we're going to have no electricity, right? Because they can't. 100%. Yeah, the city can't handle, um, uh, the grids can't handle it. So I have these moments where like, for instance, our our heat pump, which is electric heat in BC, um, broke and it broke 
like I want to say in July. And so we went through like a really, really hot 30 degree July. And then we went into fall and we thought we didn't understand what a heat, how a heat pump works. So we're like, oh, well, I think the heat part still works. False. It did not work. Mm. And it's funny because on an island, um, I don't understand. I, I said to my husband, does this man not have a price? Can we not say to this guy? Like he said, well, I'll come in like three months. And we were like, okay. Like, so he was booked to come January 18th. So as you can imagine, you're like, okay, so we're going to have no heat until January 18th. And we have one gas fireplace. So not a wood stove. Like it doesn't even have a fan. I always say it's like, like it is barely blow, like cooking, warming things up at all. But I was curious to see how we would do, you know, like I wanted to see how cold it would get in here. I wanted to know what it was like in case that was to happen. And we didn't mm-hmm. have heat. And guess what? It would be like England. <laughs> Like the towel, totally. the towels don't dry, but you're mostly okay. And I roasted and baked everything because it would warm up the house a bit. I, I, um, poured my own candles. Like I did stuff like that. Ooh. And yeah, by the time it hit like December 18th, when I got a call that they had a cancellation, I was very happy because we'd had two weeks of snow. It had been the coldest it's like been here in years at <laughs> minus nine and it was like seven degrees in my basement and about 14 or 13 upstairs. So it was, it was tough, but yeah, like I love what you learn through adversity. I love that. I know that wool socks, even if you wear your wool socks in the ocean, they act like a wetsuit. Like there's things that you learn. And obviously mine is super small scale compared to what you've been learning and stuff. But what's the most surprising thing about this experience. Could you think of the most, I know I didn't prep you with that. I feel like I have more questions that aren't on my list. I like it. That's fine. Oh, I think surprising is that like, you can do way more on a small piece of land. Like I was a little bit concerned that we only had six acres and I was like, how are we gonna, but like we provide for our family on such a small scale. Like you don't need acres and acres of potatoes. You need to get grow enough food to feed your family for the year because you can't grow years and years ahead of worth of food. And so, yeah, just taking it in stride and like now learning what, what it looks like for us to eat in a year. Cause I also had to figure that out. Like that was a huge learning curve. Like how many carrots does one eat in a year? I don't know. I've never grown them. I just buy them as I need them. And so it was like kind of figuring that. And so now I feel like I have a better concept of like, what we consume. I mean, my kids are growing, they're eating more. So that's a bit tricky, but it's surprising with little space, how much you can do because you choose to, or you want to, or you have to, like, you're like, this is what we got. Let's, let's make it work. (laughs) And I I think so often you can, even as like food prices soar, like we were sitting at the table one day eating chicken wings. And I thought to myself one day, will I be like, okay, give me the bones when you're done. I'm, even though you chewed on this, I'm going to make bone broth. Do you know what I mean? Like I have these moments where I think very dire things. I watched a show called, oh my gosh. It was like literally like probably eight or 10 years ago. And it was, Mm. I don't know what it was called, revolution or something, but the power went out. And the power went out in the year 2000. And that movie, like that series that I watched, like I think it- it gave me lots of ideas about what I might do if the power goes out, but it becomes like anarchy, right? Because like your neighborhood, it's like, it's like territories and it's weird. And so Mm -hmm. I always think about stuff like that, but why, why do we keep talking about when the power goes out though? You have full power. Tell us what you have. You have power, you have internet, you have whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The internet's a little spotty, but it's okay. (laughs) 
don't, don't I know it, but yeah. So that's, I think that in my mind, when I think about, okay, if like we've seen the shelves with less and less food, we've seen lettuce be $10. We've seen lots of different things mm-hmm. in the last little while. So in my mind, it, it's been cool to be like, okay, when I saw that the chicken breasts recently were $45, the organic ones at Costco. And I was like, okay, so we're going to buy some chickpeas. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I start to be like, okay, like I'm not eating crickets ever, but I start to be like, what other things can we eat? What other things can we do? How do we stretch this? And it's actually been cool because it's been a great lesson in not like our culture from like the nineties of like, you can have the most of everything you want by the biggest version, by the biggest, I still like a warehouse pack. I'm not going to lie. I like it. (laughs) I like it existing in my pantry. So I know it's there, you know, but I think learning that we actually don't need that much. We need less food than we usually feed ourselves. We need a lot Mm -hmm. less than our society has taught us because it's everything's about consumption, consumption, consumption. Mm -hmm. 100%. Like people eat things that they never used to eat. Like back in the day, Laura Ingalls, that was another prairie example. Like she probably never had a banana in her life because they weren't importing bananas from Guatemala in this time. And so I think a lot of stuff that we eat, I would call them luxury items. Like it's a luxury that we get to put cilantro on our salad in the middle of winter when we're not growing lettuce, but we're just used to it. So we think we're like, that's what we need to have. But as you said, you can survive on way less with like, way less fancy items. We're just, we're just spoiled in this world we live in here. We are very spoiled. What do you feel like, where do you get your strength? Like when you have hard times out there, what kind of, have you faced any situations where you were like, this is too much or. Mm-hmm, hundred <laughs> percent. So when we first moved out here, um, I'll just do it. <laughs> yeah, when we first moved out here, um, I we Cody and I sat down with the kids and they were like, let's make like a vision statement of like why we're doing this. So we all like we're on the same page. We're like, we're doing this because we want to give you kids like more space to play. We want you to be outside more, <laughs> have t- like room for imagination and to grow our own food. This is why we're doing this. And so we knew that when hard times would come, we could just like look at our our statement that we made. Okay, this is our why. Like this is why we're here. And sometimes it's going to suck because honestly, when the excitement and the motivation wears out, because it does from time to time and the magical moments don't always happen. We just would remind ourselves, this is why we're here. We're growing our food. Like we're doing something hard and is hard bad? No, hard is just hard, right? Like people have this thing, oh, it's such hard work, but is hard bad? No, it's just hard. And we grow and we learn. So we made that statement and we're like, when the magical moments aren't happening, we'll just go back and read it and remind ourselves of like why we're here. So when like our potato crop failed last summer, I'm like, okay, I'm here to grow food. And if that didn't work, well, then I can fill in my gaps elsewhere. And, you know, we've had to put like animals down. And, um, our milk cow died and that was a huge hit. And I'm like, why is this happening? But you learn and you grow and then you move forward. Like you just fail forward. <laughs> I do love that. I'm like in my mind when something dies, don't you just eat it, or you like not eat it because she's made for milking? Like I realize well, that's she was... really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, ask please ask these questions because people are like, "Wow, your cow has horns. Is that a bull?" I'm like, "No, horns aren't a bull." But I didn't know any of this stuff either. So wait, wait, what do you mean I your have... cow has horns? Why does your cow like, have horns? They can have horns because that's just the breed. Like that breed has horns. Like so, teeth and horns. 
Isn't that amazing? And you think it's a bull, don't you? <laughs> I did. That's why I'm like, wait, wait a second. You need to explain this. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I, there's so much I didn't know. So she was sick. And so we didn't need her. And truly, I feel like a milk cow has a special place in someone's heart because you are literally nuzzled in their side twice a day and they become a friend, <laughs> a true family friend. And so she died and it was scarring. Like we were, it was our first, like next fall we were here when we got her and like, it's a huge financial hit as well as it is on your heart. Like they're expensive. Our vet bills were expensive and she died. And so um, we fed her to the coyotes and we took her in a tractor and put her in the bush and fed her back to the earth. But yes, I mean, you could eat an animal, but if they're sick, I would think it might be a little dicey, yeah. but I guess. But that is like <laughs> so interesting about the relationship that mm-hmm. you have with her. What was her name? Her name was Joan. They always, <laughs> they always have old lady names. Yeah, they always have old lady names. And so we just loved her. And I like truly, Jody. I'm like, I did not know you could like love a bovine. Like, <laughs> I don't really like animals. Like, I'm not like a puppy person or whatever, but I just love Joan. She just, she broke my heart, but she taught me so much. <laughs> She's a special that. place in our heart. <laughs> a good old girl. She is a faithful friend, right? <laughs> so of the obstacles you faced along the way, has it been, I mean, I guess I would think with this kind of work, it would be physical and mental, mental, mm-hmm. yeah, physical and mental bridges um, that you had to cross. But what do you think has been harder, more the mental or the physical? Oh, man, probably a mix of both. Like we do like hard work, like, <laughs> And not that it's bad. We just work hard. So that's been hard. Like getting used to like being up in the morning and weeding a garden when I, before I didn't care because I didn't have a garden to weed. And so now it's like, if I don't weed it, I get overcome with weeds. And so I pay now or I pay later. <laughs> so that's hard. And mentally too, it was like, like there are some hard days and we're like, and it's overwhelming. We have kids, we, like we run a homestead. Um, I homeschool my kids. So I'm also a homeschool teacher and a homemaker. And then this was just adding one more role to my, <laughs> to my list of things that I do. Um, yeah, so it is hard and we have moments, but again, that's why we go back to that statement. We're like, this is why we're here and this is why we're doing it. And we'll like, we always say like, but did you die? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and we didn't. And so we move forward and yeah, we have a really strong core family unit Cody and I with our kids and we're like this is where we're here this is what we're doing and we'll do it together and we'll fail forward and we'll keep going because we're not just gonna quit like here we are with all this opportunity so (laughs) do you ever do you ever regret it never never (laughs) is it hard yes do I regret it never like I used to be like how do people live in the country? I don't get it. And now I'm like, how did I live? In- <laughs> Not even kidding. I'm like, what do you do? Like, it's kind of tiring. And now I'm like, how did I live in the city my entire life? Like, it's really funny. It's really changed my heart for the, the country folk. Cause I am one now. <laughs> and even, even as you said, all that stuff that you have to, that you do and that you ba- balance and manage and, it makes me think of like our grandmas, like my Nana, my Nana's family owned a, my, my Papa's family and his brothers, they all ran a coal mine and they all lived in proximity. Like some of them were kind of on the same land and then someone's on the next quarter section. Right. But like not far. 
just like how they were managing everything. And then like, you know, mm-hmm. your mother-in-law lives on the land too, and you're taking care of her and you have all these kids and like their kids went to traditional school, but just thinking about how much work everything is and how, you know, they were really tired a lot, you know? So it just makes me think about how you're going to experience that and you're going to be tired, but there's something so beautiful. Like when I think about a day when I've done really hard work, you come home there is like such a feeling of satisfaction. There's such a feeling of purpose. And I think I, I, well, I, I believe like, I don't even say, I don't say a lot of stuff where it's like, I know people believe I'm like, no, we all have a purpose. Right. Yeah. And I think when you think about a time when you're only living for your own interests, like I was thinking about you when you kind of said, you know, you're getting, well, I don't know if you said you're getting up early, but I'm picturing you up very early. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm thinking like, When you think about a life lived, if you say you didn't have kids and now you're living, I don't know, back where you were before in the city, all of a sudden you start to see that your life is so satisfying because of the purpose that you have in it. Mm -hmm. And that why is so satisfying. And so, like you said, hard isn't bad. And Mm -hmm. I actually feel like when I'm doing my hardest work in business, I feel like I'm humming, like I'm like, like I (laughs) feel like kind of like a little hum. And when I get really idle, which people would think are like the easy times, the comfortable times, whatever, I don't enjoy those nearly as much as I enjoy because I don't get that feeling of accomplishment Mm. after a hard day's work. Yeah. Right. And the world is what's easy is best. Easy way out, easy way out, easy way out. Don't experience struggle. Don't experience, don't sacrifice. Don't Right. And those are just lies. If you look at our society, it's like crumbling and it's everything mm-hmm. itself. And you are serving and loving your family through this purpose. And I just think that's like the most beautiful thing. And anyone listening, your purpose might not be a homestead, but you certainly need to know what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause life without purpose is like, then, then you start yelling at birds and you start <laughs> getting really petty. Do you know what I mean? Like when you don't have mm-hmm. enough going on that you're thinking about all the little things like, and that's not who we want to be. Mm. Yeah. There's a world bigger than ourselves, right? Like <laughs> there is a lot going on outside of the four walls of our home and yeah, there's a bigger world than what we we thought. And you're right. Like I did live for myself, like, cause I just had no worries. Like everything came easy and it is hard, but now I, it is more rewarding. Like when I fall asleep at nighttime, I go to bed and I, I sleep hard, but I feel so good because I, I did something that I never did before. Like I didn't know how to do anything. <laughs> like this is foreign territory for me. So it's like, yes, I'm like learning. I'm growing as a person. I'm stretching and it's uncomfortable a lot of times. And then we have victory moments. We're like, yes, like my cold room. I like stood there and I like, look at it with pride. I'm like, yeah, like these cans didn't fill themselves. <laughs> I learned how to do something I didn't know how to do, which is a life skill, really, that most of our like grandmas and stuff knew how to do. And I did it. And now my kids know how to do it. And they can teach their kids how to do it. And, and then it it's outside of me. It's bigger than I am. Oh, that is so good. It's outside of you. It's bigger than you are, but you put it out into the world, right? Like, yeah, you and that's where so often we forget that we have to step into it. So we can impact and give that to other people. If we don't step into our purpose, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's it's actually, it's actually rude. 
it's like not, it's like giving the world all of yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And there are a lot of times that I'm like, oh, I almost get emotional. Oh, maybe I'm ovulating. But there are a lot of times when I think in this last year, I felt so other than in the world. I wanted to quit this podcast because I didn't want to have conversations anymore. I just wanted to like curl up in a ball, but I kept doing it. And Mm -hmm. it actually turned out to not be that hard, but it was like those little tiny steps right? Like you just keep stepping forward. Like you said, failing forward or falling forward or whatever it is. You just have to keep stepping forward. And I love the conversations that are put into the world through this podcast. Right. But it's like, it was really hard at first, literally, because I didn't know how to edit. I didn't know how to get it up. I didn't understand the types of files. I didn't understand the software. It was like teaching myself to do something. I had no idea. And no one in my life knew how to do it, (laughs) right? Which made it Mm -hmm. harder, but it's like, the why kept me going that I wanted to tell, I wanted to share encouraging stories. I love that. Like you gave it to your kids and now they can give it to their kids. And honestly, I should show up and they should give it to me because I love (laughs) my mom used to can plums and there's like nothing better than like canned peaches or canned plums. Mm -hmm. And so as far as stepping forward, what was sort of like, the first big step, because obviously we're getting the like Coles notes. You mm-hmm. you know wanted raw milk and you tasted kombucha and then <laughs> you sold your house. Like there's got to be <laughs> steps in between. What was the first big step you took and how did this inspire you to keep stepping forward? Yeah. So because we knew we were going to be in the city until Cody was done school, we were like, let's do what we can with what we have in this yeah. season. And so for us that looked like just learning we're like let's study for the test of moving to a farm and we'll learn as much as we possibly can so that when we get there it's not all completely foreign so um what did that look like well Cody built me a little raised bed in our old backyard and so I grew like a small amount of food and that was exciting because I was with the kids and it was like growing kale and we got tomatoes (laughs) and it was fun you put a seed in the ground and it grows like I know small things, but it's, it's amazing to watch it through the eyes of our kids, especially. And I composted, like we had a composter in our backyard. Uh, what else what kind of things do we do? Oh, we like read so many books. This is how we studied. So any book by Joel Salatin, we would like read and devour. And then we found Justin Rhodes, his YouTube channel changed my life. Like, I'm like, yep, this is for me. <laughs> so we just would learn and like in Alberta, we have open farm days. And so we took advantage of going to people's farms that would open up their farms for tours. And we would just go and like scope it out. I've never heard of this. What is this open farm stuff? I don't know. I think it's kind of new-ish. But um, farms that would sign up with open farm days would open up their farms. And on certain days, you could go there and like check it out. Like any kind of farm there was like Sunworks, which is an organic chicken farm, or like a bison <gasps> I farm. Only chicken from Sunworks from the yes, those dogs. Oh we love goodness. him. <laughs> and when we go to the farmers market, we would talk to Ron Hamilton, who's the yes. owner of Sunworks, and we would just ask him questions. Like crazy people were like, "So, what do you feed your chickens?" <laughs> and like, just grill him. But he was willing to share his knowledge, and so he's a lovely man. Side note. <laughs> um but we would just go and check places out and we're like okay this is cool this works this doesn't and then YouTube and books and then like while we were still living in the city I learned how to make sourdough and not that that's a homesteading thing I was just like 
let's learn some life skills while we're here. Wow. And, and don't downplay it, right? Like all, like you said, it's, it, you kind of made a joke a minute ago and you're like, oh, the little things, right? But life is little, literally made up of the little things, mm-hmm. right? And it's really the little things that bring us so much like, like my, one of my favorite things is I'm obsessed with plants. I grow tons of plants. I like, I love to like give, like make homemade weird fertilizer stuff, but I see a little tiny <laughs> coming out and I like, will literally text my neighbor a picture and be like, look, cause her and I are both crazy, but it's like, it is about the little things and you learning mm-hmm. to make sourdough is phenomenal. I still don't know how to do it. I'll make like cinnamon buns, but I've never made, I've never used the starter because mostly because I feel like I would eat that whole loaf warmed up with butter. <laughs> I feel like I don't have an off switch, but like that is cool. And it really is mm-hmm. all about those little things. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that just prepared us for the big things. And then when it came, we got here, it wasn't as foreign. I mean, all we knew was head knowledge, like nothing was hands-on, but I didn't feel so, so scared. <laughs> to dive in like I've seen this on YouTube surely I can do it and there's people that have done it worse than me so here I go (laughs) I think that attitude like your curiosity like you're led by your curiosity but then your acknowledgement that failure is just like part of the process and you certainly aren't the worst at at doing it right like someone has done it worse someone has done it better who cares I think that Mm -hmm. is like such a healthy um thought process to adapt adopt anyway right like yeah because it's Mm -hmm. true. Like I never really thought about that, but it's like, what's the worst that could happen? You didn't die. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't. (laughs) And and I think the the thing I want to point out too, is that every little step of courage grows like your courage muscle. I always think courage is a muscle. And then it allows Mm -hmm. you to like, you, you bite off, you know, a little bit more, you bite off a little bit more and then, and you grow that by trying. So you, you know, you were successful with your kale and your tomatoes and you're like, okay. And then you, you know, you tried something else and you're like, okay, you know, and then you try again. And so I think also acknowledging those steps create strength in your courage, your ability to um, keep pushing forward. But if people never take first steps, then you just get nowhere. Mm-hmm. Literally. And I always have this moment every, every like spring we plant the garden and I'm like, nothing's growing. Nothing's going to happen. Like you have this self-sabotaging like doubt moment. You're like, I don't even know what I'm doing. What am I doing? Did I do it wrong? And then the first seeds pop up and you're like, okay, I'm <laughs> we're going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to live. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. I was going to say, if you could describe your journey in one word, what would it be? Uh, I was thinking about that. That's a good question. <laughs> and I thought of the word purpose. And then I looked up the definition for the word because I was like, what does it actually mean? Um, and it says the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. And yeah, I think we just found purpose here. And not that we didn't have purpose before, because I, I truly believe that there is a purpose to every season in life. And like those seasons grow you, right? Like I think we just stepped into purpose. There is purpose for what we're doing and we have purpose though. Everyone has purpose in every season of their life. And it's just like tapping into that. Like, what are you here for? What are you doing outside of yourself? Like, how are you contributing to the world and like leaving a legacy for people more than just us? Cause Cody and I recognize that like, we're not going to be here forever, but like, what are we living, leaving for our kids and our kids, kids. And, and so, yeah, my word is purpose. <laughs> This is a great word. I love your story. Thank you so much for sharing it. Is there anything else you want to tell us? Anything else I didn't ask? I'm still going to have to like Google cows with horns. <laughs> oh, you're, not, 
you're not the only one everyone has so much funny they're like what not every chicken lays an egg i'm like no only the girls <laughs> do chickens have penises i thought that all chickens were girls well they have testicles <laughs> they do the boys but they're inside of them so you wouldn't know but you know a rooster because he's got these crazy tail feathers right and um and he cockadoodles like he he crows i guess would <laughs> that's the technical term <laughs> I but. would have said cockadoodles, cockadoodles. <laughs> like crow. I don't think he crows. He, <laughs> yeah. So you can Google that. <laughs> I want to Google chicken penis, but I don't want my phone to start showing pictures of penises. So yeah, I just continue no. not knowing. This is where we need encyclopedias again. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Those <laughs> are good. Things we dare not Google. but Less I, risky. <laughs> less risky for sure. But no, this was definitely eye-opening. And I think there's so much that everyone can take. And like you said, it's not to say someone's journey in the city is is not meant to be. It's more, what are they, where, how are we contributing? What are, what's mm-hmm. the wake behind our boat? Like what's going to be left behind when we're not here? You know, mm-hmm. and how are we building into the lives of others? How are we sharing? How I'm I'm so jealous about your cold room. I had <laughs> wonderful cold rooms in my life as a child, and mm-hmm. there's nothing really that cold here on the island. Like it's not that's not true. I mean, today it's prop it's a little bit colder. We had frost this morning, actually. Which oh. is, but like I can't keep potatoes. I can't keep anything for long because I don't have a cold room and I we have rats. So like you can't have, I don't want potatoes in the garage. That's like the one place they'd be okay. Right. But so it's risky. So anyways, (laughs) I would also, like you said, you just love your cold room. You see all those jars of everything you've created. And I'm like, oh, I miss my Nana's cold room, but I can't have a cold room here. And so I think that's like, it's like I sit in my pantry after I clean it. I just want to stare at it. I'm so proud. Pride of ownership. We have that all the time. Yeah. Like we'll sit down to a meal and we grew everything on the plate. And I'm like, yes, I have arrived. <laughs> this is why I do this. this tastes and it's so kind much. of a weird feeling. Like, I'm like, will it ever get old? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> and is it just so delicious? Yeah. And I just know that there was like literally blood, sweat and tears put behind it. And so, but it's funny to me because we'll eat like that. And then I'm like, you know that a few hundred years ago, like this wasn't weird. Now this is weird because I am doing it. But before this was normal. So it's weird that we're like gone back. But yeah, pride of ownership. <laughs> Beautiful though. And if you ever get the chance to ask Ron from Sunworks what he puts in his garlic rosemary chicken sausages, because the best, the best. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> really good friends with him and then find out and then let me know because I'm like sure his chicken sausages I would eat at the Strathcona Farmers Market in Edmonton and I would always buy them and bring them home and I felt so good giving them to my kids mm-hmm. right and this episode has also inspired me I'm going to try and find some raw milk I really do am it. I've always do wanted that and I just I'm I've seen how the world has sold us on plant-based everything in the last years and we've only gotten sicker Mm-hmm. right and my mom and I were talking today about women and their hair falling out and all I mean I'm pretty I, I question big pharma mostly exclusively <laughs> I don't like to make <laughs> general statements but I definitely don't have a ton of respect for all the problems that they're creating and the lack of accountability um but like we are definitely sicker mentally physically than we've ever been. And our lives have more comfort. Our lives are easier. We have all these easy buttons and, mm-hmm. and it's just sad. 
And so I think it's one of those things where it's like, do the hard thing. What, what's my quote for the year? I made it up myself. I'm quite proud sure, of it. Sure. I'm ready. Like own <laughs> quote. Um, and I said a few weeks ago, do hard things, do easy things, do them over and over and you'll become greater than you were yesterday, but do them with vision for how you want to live your life. And you're going to become unstoppable in your pursuits. And then you're pursuing the right things for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just do the hard things. Stop being so scared. Like there's no room for fear. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause totally. what's dead. the worst? <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not dead. What's the worst that could happen? It's usually not that bad. So talk yourself out of that way. Absolutely. Well, Danielle, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and your story and your time. And I feel like I need to come out there this summer and check out. Sure. You're always welcome. (laughs) Even if it's not open farm day. No, we don't have, (laughs) we're not that big. We're not that cool yet. So you can come any day. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks for tuning into the podcast today. Share this, like this, tell all your friends and go live braver lives. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for spending your time here with the More Jody podcast today. I am so thankful that you came along and listened to this episode. Please like, subscribe, rate, and review. Share this with a friend. It would mean so much to me. And have an awesome day. Go be the change that you want to see in this world.